This is exactly right. All right, Scott, are you ready for this one? I'm ready, Kurt. Hit me with a good one. Hostage siege ends in Ukraine after president agrees to recommend 2005 Joaquin Phoenix film. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. We're getting bananas. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the the smallest little, biggest little, uh, strange news podcast in the world, Bananas. I'm Kurt Brownoller. I'm Scotty Landis, and today we have an exceptional guest. Uh, we're thrilled. We're going to jump right in. Yeah, Bananimals, we are so <laughs> excited to welcome environmental activist and consumer advocate whose courageous case against Pacific Gas and Electric was dramatized in the Oscar-winning film that bears her name. Please welcome Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow, what a welcome. And uh, I'm so happy to be here with you today. And part of the, did you say banana animals? What did you say? Uh, yeah, bananimals. Right. Bananimals are the bananimals. fans of the show. Well, you know what? I love that. Isn't everything bananas right now? It, yeah. Yes, we're in a we're in the right business right now. We launched sure uh, this podcast launched in April or May, and uh, kind of unintentionally, but yeah, the world got extremely bananas, and then we were fortunate enough to slide right into place and be like, we know <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm with you. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank today. you. Absolutely. Uh, what, you know, this is before we get in, I, I know you have a new book and we want to talk about that, but before we get into the book, I just have to ask you, Aaron, what, what's the most bananas thing you've ever seen a lawyer for a giant corporation try to pull? Mm. Oh my gosh, you, that's, that's a good one. I'd have to. It's an endless list. I'm sure. Well, it, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, well, you caught me on that one. I'd have to put some thought to that. I mean. I think I so see so many banana things. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I really do. It just, <laughs> it, and you know, the thing that's crazy is when you see it and you say it, people think you're bananas. Right. But you're not bananas because it's really happening. And it, it makes me think of, you know, when I started my work in Hinkley and I was telling everyone about literally two and three headed frogs in green water. And they're like, you're bananas. I'm like, no, I'm not bananas. It's really there. Yeah. So they that, didn't believe you. Uh, and that is so that and I wanted to ask you about that because what I love about your career is that you've constantly stood up for people against corporations when no one believed you and uh, mm-hmm. the corporations were actively trying to hide wrongdoing and yet you've been incredibly successful how do you not get overwhelmed by the odds when people don't believe you even like the premise of what you're trying to argue <laughs> <laughs> Well you know uh I think uh well, a lot of it has just the way I was brought up. I happen to be kind of a bananas, zany, fun person anyway, and they think I'm bananas. But, you know, uh, as I've gotten older and in my work, um, it's like, you know, don't gaslight me, man. I know what I saw. And, you know, I don't have to sit here and make these banana things up. They just happen. And right. I try not to. Everybody's going to have a response. Everybody has a personality, right? Everybody has a perception, right? 
uh, okay, because I know what I saw. I know what I did. And I'm the first one to tell you if I do something bananas. Sure. And bananas comes off the cuff, and you're like, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> um, and, you know, you try to laugh at it uh, I, and just let it roll off my back. But uh, once in a while, it does annoy me. But it just gets to the point where I'm like, I'm just not going to keep telling you um, and beat my head against a brick wall because there's not going to be anything I can do to change your perception of the situation. So uh, off I go. (laughs) I just keep doing what I got to do. Yeah. And bananas or not. (laughs) (laughs) There is sometimes a weird sense of security. Like when you are certain in your point of view and you are absolutely sure something happened at some point you, when people are like, no way, there's no way you just kind of sit back in a chair. I'm talking you as in all of us and you just go, all right, it's true. It happened. I promise it's real. And then at some point you're like, all right, I can't, I'm not going to spend more time trying to convince you because I'm sure that what I saw was real. It's very strange phenomena. It really is. And you know, I've definitely learned, uh, okay, because eventually guess what? You're going to find out That's and right. be just as bananas as me. So That's somehow right. it all comes back around. So it is an That's interesting right. phenomenon. I, I think I've seen um, anybody and everybody in my life, myself included, uh, some just, I couldn't even stop. I'd have, I'm going to wake up tonight at two in the morning and go, oh my God, I didn't remember that. But I've just stood back and gone, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> I don't even think I would do that. So. <laughs> Um, I went to a funeral once, not to totally switch gears, but I went. I got invited to a funeral once uh, for somebody that was just an acquaintance, not even a friend. But they were like, "Hey, man, uh, do you want to come to this funeral? Our our mom passed away." And I was like, "Uh, sure." Kurt, did I already tell this story on no. the podcast? Okay. Um, so I used to work in a bicycle shop. I'm from Maryland, Maryland, Aaron, and uh, I w- was 16 years old working in a bike shop. And uh, we used to sell these mountain bikes to these guys that were landscapers. They're really kind of wild, but they loved mountain biking. And one day we were like, hey, we are on our way over to drop off these new bikes. And they were like, do you want to come to this funeral? And we were like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And they were like, our mom passed. It's fine. Like, we knew it was coming. We're, We're happier for it. So my boss and I go to a funeral, middle of the day, and it's exactly what they say and we go to the cemetery and they the the we were a little a little late and they lo- they had already lowered the casket into the ground and then the surviving sons and daughters cracked open bush lights uh or light beers maybe it was spud lights and then they all chugged them crumpled them up and threw them into the grave as like their family tradition for their mom <laughs> and when i and got back like, what <laughs> yeah and i was like i've never i've never seen anything like this and then it was like a party and we had to go back to work um but then I, we went back to the bike shop and the two other guys working there were like that didn't happen and we were like it did they chugged beers and threw right? the empties into the hole and it was just a it- saturday at 4 p.m you know but isn't it funny? People who weren't there that could tell you that didn't happen. Well, you didn't see it. Of course, it didn't happen in your mind. I saw it. It happened. Yes. Yeah. And but, 30 years later, I still think about it like once a month where I'm like, yeah, that's a possibility. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you're asking me, you know, you asked me about attorneys doing um, things. They tend to be more covert, if you will. They're mm-hmm. not just going to go out there and do something mm-hmm. or their guard is always up. But, you know, I've seen like even my son, a, a moment where it's like, he came in with his hand just enmeshed in blood. I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? He goes, 
well, I just had my BB gun. I put it to my hand. I didn't know what it feel like. So I shot myself in the hand. I'm like, why? Genius. Why? Oh my gosh. So, you know, the little BB pellet got lodged up in between the fingers and almost damaged the ligament. I'm like, see, that's bananas. And I think sometimes they happen spur at the moment and you're yeah. like, oh yeah. Wow. I still have a mm-hmm. banana. I still have a BB in my leg uh, from just shoot, just shooting myself in the leg <laughs> when I was 12. <laughs> you, and my, you and my son. It's like, okay. Um, so, yeah. So, Aaron, I wanted to talk about you have a new book coming out um, called Superman's Not Coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And it is essentially uh, to how to prep people to deal with the global, the coming global water crisis. Oh, boy. Um, and for people who might not be aware that there is a coming water crisis, can you just talk a little bit about what you've seen out there? Oh, my gosh. Well, the book is uh, Superman's Not Coming, Our National Water Crisis and What We the People Can Do About It. Listen, uh, what happened in Hinckley, I can assure you, was not a one-off situation. It's just the entire United States of America, let alone the globe, the pollution that we have caused and created from a plethora of, you know, herbicides, pesticides, heavy metals, chemicals, um, chlorination, chloramines, lead contamination. I think we all see it. And there's a moment where we're all coming together and realizing or waking up. Whoever we thought was out there that had our ass on this or our backs on this has been completely absent. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. And it's overwhelming and daunting. I mean, we have enough overwhelming stuff and daunting stuff happening to us now. And it's like, I can't take one more thing. But, you know, I've learned that it hurts to know or to see that you're going through these situations. And it could be a number of situations. And in this situation, I'm going to talk about environmentally. That you think your brain can't comprehend it or I can't comprehend more bad news. But it's that moment when you push through and you come out on the other side. That there, it's a very empowering, awakening moment. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. oh, oh, yeah, I can cut through science. Oh, yeah, I can run for city council. Uh, oh, yeah, don't tell me I'm bananas again because <laughs> I did it yeah. and here I am. And so we talk about and explain, I hope in layman's terms, how policies work, how the, the, the politics of this is happening uh, within the EPA, what corporations can really do and hide. But through it, we take you through communities who cut through that bullshit. Oh, good. Who said, you know what? You can sit there and say, yeah, that is bananas what you're doing, but that is not cool. And I'm going to push through it and I'm going to do something about it. And there's great inspiration. And you have a 19 year old sitting on city council in Flint, Michigan. Wow. Kudos. You have moms that get up at the middle of the night and write notes on their walls because they're going to learn about why they have lead in their water. And they end up running for city council and they win and they create laws and now they're lead free. So it's about pushing through the pain, pushing through the this negativeness that we live in. But on the other side is the empowerment of yourself. Great. Amazing. That's a great moment. So Superman's not coming. But guess what? We're here. Yep. You're here. I love that so much. 
And, and honestly, when I see something bananas, I can assure you I'm on the right track. <laughs> Thank God. And this is a especially uh, relevant to our podcast because Kurt drinks 55 gallons of water every day, seemingly, <laughs> to the point where recently we talked about this on the pod. Uh, his doctor told him to stop drinking so much water. So we're I, really looking out for I have the big limit. guy over here. I am. Deeply limited in how much water I'm allowed to drink now. I'm just a big, yeah. I'm a big water fan. I'm a big fan of protecting my water. Yeah, yes. damn right. You are my hero, Aaron Brockovich. Well, you know, we th- thank you, and you're mine, honestly, and I mean that. We're all each other's heroes, but I right. think what we have to learn is being our own hero as well, and not sitting, expecting, thinking anticipating that someone's going to come fucking fix this shit for us. Yeah, right. We're going to rise up. Hell Wait. yes. Wonderful. And so uh, that's what Superman's all about. And, and we do. We have a water crisis with pollution. But here's the thing. There's a solution. Stop the shell game. Stop the lion. Mm-hmm. You know what? There's something about ca- accountability. We got a problem. Hey, be transparent. Here's the thing. Fix it. There's solutions. You just don't have to say there's nothing we can do because that's bullshit. And I think that we need to really start paying attention to not just the chemicals, but if you go, go back to Johannesburg and oh, yeah. their, their water crisis, and they oh, created yeah. the day zero. Day zero. Day zero could be here for all of us, but it doesn't have to be. Right. We can push day zero back, but we'll have problems if we leave this up to our fearless leaders in many situations who are not taking care of this or dealing with it for us. Yeah, screw those bozos. I'm on your side. I hate those guys. Uh, It's it's a wake-up call. Come on, people. We got this. I I ordered the book. I'm excited to read Mm -hmm. it. Uh, Everybody should go out and get that book. Aaron, are you ready to get into some weird news with us? Yeah, let's dumb it down 70%. Here we go. (laughs) So this is this is from CNN. This is written by, uh, of course, our best buds, Mary Luciana and Rob. Oh, Cicetta. I love her. We know uh, their names. This just happened Wednesday, July 22nd. We were obviously uh, recording this earlier before we released yep. it. Uh, title again is Hostage Siege Ends in Ukraine After President Agrees to Recommend 2005 Joaquin Phoenix Film. Uh, so this story <laughs> this sure. story starts out dark but has a happy ending. Great! Uh, this guy took a busload of people hostage and then uh, and then demanded that the the president of the Ukraine, uh, Vladimir, uh, wait, I can find his name here. I bet Vladimir Zelensky. Uh, He spoke directly to the hostage taker via phone, resulting in the release of three hostages. Uh, The others were released after the Ukrainian president posted a short video on his official Facebook page saying, everybody watch the 2005 film Earthlings. (laughs) Uh, And the guy was like, that's all I wanted. And then he let everybody go. Uh, and it was all over. And of course, then they deleted the, the video right after that. I think they should have left it of up. Course it, yeah, uh, not? Uh, well, I'm glad that turned out the way it did. But, you know, you have to laugh at that. I was laughing the whole time <laughs> you were sorry. It was just you're like, oh, well, have we got to be kidding. Uh, that's the, the new world we're in right now with social media and videotapes and all this stuff. People, people are funny. And, um, you know, yeah. people can be strange. And so uh, 
that's that's a weird one. But, but he I'll got his intended what, result, it's right? Laugh. Yeah. It did. You know, for me, I'm like, thank God no one was hurt. But Jesus, what were you thinking? And I mean, so that's the that's the funny part. Yeah, you gotta laugh. Yeah, that's bizarre. Uh, apparently, it apparently this movie Earthlings is a documentary. It's narrated by Joaquin Phoenix, and mm-hmm. it deals with the abuse and suffering of animals in industrial agriculture. So he, this guy, had you know uh, he had something good in his heart. He went about it the, the wrong way. Yeah, he was a little extreme a little in extreme his method. Yeah. <laughs> in the way he was gonna do it. Um, but I just, I just wish that, uh, the president Zelensky had left this up. I sent this to my brother. My brother is a diplomat and he is about to go to Ukraine. <laughs> He's going to be stationed in Ukraine for the next three years in Kiev. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to a real weird place. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Well, uh, yeah, now every, it's fun though, because you know, you don't always, we're not always searching for these kind of stories, but you're specifically right. searching for them and to find them as great comic relief. Um, and uh, how strange. <laughs> the yeah. world that we, yeah. we are all bananas. Scotty, you got another one for us? I do. And all mine, I think all my stories are, are specifically dedicated or I, I should say are in the same arena as Aaron's book. They're about people taking, uh, taking, control of their own lives and advocating for themselves and getting out there. Um, My story comes from the Daytona Beach News Journal. And no author, strangely, just Daytona Beach News Journal. And the headline reads as such. Daytona man pretends to be prosecutor, tries to drop charges against himself, gets charged with seven more felonies. So... (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? so Daytona man pretends to be prosecutor, tries to drop his own charges, and gets charged with seven more felonies. Oh, my God. That's so great. <laughs> that, that is funny. Okay. Oh, my, oh my God. So, Aaron, you were a legal clerk. You, you, you know a little bit about this. So, uh, Christian – Ma- a- <laughs> I'm going to read you the article, <laughs> and then we'll just uh, – we'll have a field day with this guy. So, Christian yeah. Mosca <laughs> – go ahead. Sorry. I'm cutting you off. My apologies. No, that's okay. I mean, that's such a learning lesson. <laughs> you try to defend yourself. Yeah. But you're not an attorney, but you're going to go ahead and prosecute him for seven other charges. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful who you say you are because people might think you are who you say you are. Um, yeah. Okay. So here's this dude. His name's Christian Moscow, and he came up with what uh, appeared to be a surefire way to win his criminal case, uh, which in which he was accused of threatening extortion for John Hall Chevrolet. So um, <laughs> the only problem with that is Moscow can't do that for very, two very important reasons. First, he is the person charged with the crime. And second, Moscow is not a prosecutor or even a lawyer. Moscow, 47, is now facing a slew of additional felony charges that could send him to prison for decades, including impersonating a prosecutor and practicing without a license. Time out. So he, so he was trying to be his own, the prosecute against himself. Who was his defense? Who was his uh, defense attorney? Uh, great question. <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh, I would love it if he just like kind of had like one side of his face painted. Like he was just like one side was a lady <laughs> and one side was a man. And then he would just like switch and be like the prosecution and then switch and be the defense. Like if he was looking to the left, he was the defense. Oh, yeah. And if he that's was looking a one to the man, right. <laughs> that's a one man show. That's a new Broadway show. You know, one man <laughs> prosecuting himself. I mean, my gosh. Uh, you know, 
we can do in pro per here, which you can go in and represent yourself. And I'm sure mm-hmm. many of bizarre things happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, this obviously, I think he pushed the envelope or impersonating or fraudulent or something else came into what he was doing and he landed himself. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what he did. So what he did was so he was trying he showed up to the Chevy dealership and he demanded fifty thousand dollars in exchange for not revealing two years worth of sales records containing social security numbers of customers. So he gets arrested for that. And then there's this woman named Yeah. So, you know, good plan. Foolproof plan from the get. Very Florida plan. Uh Laura Panzerino, an employee at the office of Volusia County Clerks, uh the circuit court saw the filing the next day of no info. She became uh, suspicious because prosecutors had already filed an information against Moscow. So she goes and looks into it, and Moscow used the names of Florida bar members and prosecutors, Daniel Fields and Andrew Urbanic, to file a fraudulent no information. Uh, So basically, he hacked them. In the simplest way, he created a fake email for Urbanic and then said, we're dropping the charges against this guy. But (laughs) (laughs) this law clerk catches it. Um, It became a fraudulent document (laughs) on the court's online system. And so now uh, they figure (laughs) – it really is so – it was like such a genius attempt that he like went, got online, figured out these other lawyers and prosecutors' names – Created a fake email, goes on, uh, gets busted. So now Moscow has been charged with multiple felonies, including two counts of falsely impersonating a prosecutor, practicing law without authority. (laughs) I hope he impersonates a jail. Too, and then sends himself to himself. <laughs> yeah, sends him to his own self, you know, lockdown. Uh, my house jail is officially open to take our prisoner. <laughs> Absolutely. You, oh my, you know, somebody like that, you think about, you know, like you said, the genius. I mean, maybe you should yeah. get them to work. Exactly. I mean, maybe they have too much time on their hands that they figured that out. That's exactly maybe right. Maybe offer him a job. I know he he cracked the Florida court's e-filing portal, and so they fixed it since yeah. then. They made they wanted <laughs> us to say that, but uh, if he gets uh, convicted of all charges, he will be in prison for decades. So, anyways, her oh hats off. my god, <laughs> her hats off to Christian Moscow. No, <laughs> god. that's. A- you know, again, that's just a, 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 I, the thing that comes to me listening to all these. It just reminds me of even the shenanigans of my children. It's like, what were you thinking? I mean, I honestly, what were you thinking? Oh, I yeah. know. I, I think a, this I a, happens all the time. I have a three-year-old, and I, and I already have to I'll be like, what are you thinking? And then I'm just like, well, she's not. She's not really thinking at this point. But I'm still just like, you did a crazy thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it at yeah, three or I, four uh, that kids begin to negotiate and lie? Like, uh, how old are kids when they begin uh-huh. to lie? My daughter yep. knows how to manipulate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's exactly it. And, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I'll uh, hear stories like this where I've, I've been involved in stuff. And I usually will set myself back and go, okay, that was on me. How'd that get by me? How did you do that? So, you know, then I find myself, like, stepping my game up going, yeah, well, wait a minute. Because uh, really it is, you know, it's, think about that uh, slap to the face, to the Florida system. Somebody breached that system. I mean, oh, you know, yeah. where, where was your guard down? Exactly. So it makes you, uh, it almost, for me, challenges like, okay, how did you get that one on me? Okay. So yeah, let me that's right. next time I'm watching. 
Yeah, reduce yeah. a sentence. He, he cracked a system, and all he did was probably Google it and then created a fake email, and he was able to do it. So, yeah, give him a <laughs> knock a couple years off. Knock a couple years off. It's creative. I it's just a it. Chevy. Um, well, yeah, he must have had some time on his hands. Maybe we all <laughs> have too much time on our hands these days. That's right. Yeah. Locked up at home. Uh, all right, so we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with more Aaron Brockovich. Curdy B hit us with another banana story, friend. Well, you know what? Before I get to the next banana story, Scotty, Ooh. I do want to send a shout out to Bananimal Jacqueline Marini, who messaged us uh, on our Instagram. Okay. You guys you can go to the Instagram, The Bananas Podcast, uh, to send us stories or just to chat. Um, we've mm-hmm. got, we're posting crazy stories every single day. But Jacqueline um, DM'd us there and told us that she was listening to Bananas while giving birth. That Whoa. is the first Bananimal birth on the planet. Wow. Congratulations. I mean, wow. I don't know. That says a lot for you. I mean, it, it's a distraction, right? Weren't we talking about that? Yeah. Uh, yes. We came back that, you know, it, everything is so serious and tense and I don't know, bananas that it's really nice. Uh, it, it's a reprieve. It's a relief. It's a break. It makes That's you laugh. Right. It distracts your thoughts. Exactly. So. And I'm sure Jacqueline, she was very nice to let us know, but I'm sure as it was happening, she was like, oh, God damn it. This podcast is on when my child is being born. <laughs> I didn't choose this Comment time. Relief. <laughs> I can't reach it. I can't turn it off. I wish uh, I could turn it off. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, congratulations to her and her new baby. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, here on Bananas, cool. we love the idea of treasure uh, being mm-hmm. real and in the world. Mm-hmm. We, uh, If you guys listened to some past episodes, we uh, there's, of course, the story of Forrest Fenn, who buried... Uh, a treasure chest holding millions of dollars uh, in the Rocky Mountains and that that was recently found. Now we have a new man who has picked up the mantle of Forrest Fenn. Uh, this is from the M Live. Uh, Bethany Lynn Hamilton is the first person to send this in. Multiple people sent okay. it in. Uh, this was written by Justine Lofton. Uh, Love Michigan Justine. jeweler buries $1 million in gold, silver, diamonds from Detroit to UP in Treasure Quest. Okay. So this man in... Did he forget where he buried it? <laughs> <laughs> and he needs your help to remember. He's just a forgetful jeweler. <laughs> The squirrel of jewelers. <laughs> That's the most amazing thing about squirrels is they don't remember where they buried 85% of their nuts. <laughs> it's so amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> that, 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 is, that would be me. I mean, my gosh. So did he fr- there was a story, and I work in Australia a lot, very similar to this. And they had a gentleman who didn't want to do the banks. He just took his money, and he literally buried it in coffee cans. Mm-hmm. And he had about a million. Well, they had one of the great floods, and oh. the flood just took it away. Oh, so, oh that's heartbreaking. Know, 
yeah, I don't think I would want to bury, you know, gold bars and silver and, and cash and diamonds because I would definitely go, uh, where did I put that? <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, what this guy has done is he's actually made it a business. So he inherited a jewelry shop from his father. And then during the pandemic, no one obviously was coming in to buy jewelry. So they were about mm-hmm. to go bankrupt. So what he did instead was took all of the jewels, diamonds, gold, and silver, and started burying them and then making kind of clues and hints to where they're buried. And now anyone in the world can sign up and go on treasure hunts. They happen once a month. Um, and they've just been increasing in the amount of that they go. The first one, first quest begins 10 a.m. on August 1st in Oakland County in Michigan. The prize is two 100 ounce bars of pure silver, which is worth $4,000. The September will be eight 10 ounce silver bars, 10 one ounce walking Liberty coins, 40 one ounce Buffalo coins, 20 one ounce prospector coins, and 50 one ounce miscellaneous silver coins for a total of 200 ounces of pure silver worth somewhere around $10,000. But uh, they're going to be doing these every month. And if anyone lives in Michigan, this is a Bananimals offer. Uh, Bethany, yes. we, we offered it to Bethany. Bethany doesn't know if she can do it. Uh, so if anybody is in Michigan and wants to go on a treasure hunt, it costs mm-hmm. like 50 or 60 bucks to sign up to get the clues. We mm-hmm. will stake you. We can't stake yes. a ton of you, uh, but we can stake like one or two of you. And, you know, you get to keep the, the treasure if you find it. But we just want you out there uh, trying to find <laughs> treasure for bananimals. Absolutely. Well, I- what a fun idea. What a cool idea. I yes. mean, what a ingenious little idea. I uh, just hope the hell he's got the right good map and knows where it all is. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that's kind of fun. Isn't that neat? It's kind of like a scavenger hunt, but with real treasure at the end. Absolutely. Amazing how, you know, we get locked up a little and things change how our creativity and all that gets to flowing. I I would have never even thought of something like that. And I noticed, too, people are just a little bit kinder recently. Like I had to go in for like a dumb audition on something, Mm -hmm. a dumb commercial audition. And just it was just, you know, usually commercial auditions, they're not pleasant process. It's not an enjoyable experience. And this one was just so human and kind. And I was just like, oh, I hope the world changes this way. If that, you know, like we treat each other a little better. I hope we do. I'm sure it'll last for one week after the pandemic ends and then we'll be back. Yeah. You know, well, sometimes I don't know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, it's interesting if we do, we tend to move on past and listen, we've all been through a lot of crisis in this country before and we know it probably in our own personal lives. Yep. Uh, I don't know that. I hope we just don't forget. But I'm with you on what you just said. You know, my granddaughter had a, um, you know, a little lemonade stand. And I was stunned watching the beauty of the community, the UPS truck drivers oh. or, you know, a fireman stopping by and having a little lemonade and donating $10. And, you know, it's good to see you out here, you know, thinking and thinking of us and we're thinking of you. It was just, it's really nice to see people do that. And, we're better than we are bad. And I don't want us to ever flip because there's so much negativity. Uh, we, we are great. And, and, and humans are wonderful. Uh, bananas and all. And um, <laughs> during bad times, it's very heartwarming, like you said, to see us come together. But we got it in us. We got it oh, in us. Um, I hope we just yeah. give it a chance. I hope so, too. Uh, but, you know, 
uh, keep up with the banana stories. I mean, it's like people yeah. are like, we think we're bananas, but are we? <laughs> it's insane. It really is so funny that, um, and also we are serious, by the way, to our Michigan listeners. We would love to stake a couple of you to go out there and just try. Get out, stretch the legs, get some fresh air. I'm sure the walls are closing on uh, you a little bit. You know, you can be the Nicolas yeah. Cage and National Treasure <laughs> Book of Secrets or whatever. <laughs> Get out there. Hell yeah, Michigan. Get out there and find where where that stuff is buried. It's great. It's you a know, great get idea. Get your creative juices going. And like you said, move your body and get outside of all the negativity. And, uh, you know, great things happen when we do that. Exactly. Absolutely. And everybody who wants, who's interested in doing this, you can go to johnnystreasurequest.com to register for a hunt. Um, all right. Go, Michigan. Yeah. Scott, you got another one for me? I do. Here's another one about somebody that took matters into his own hands. Main man saw his neighbor's garage in half amid boundary dispute. <laughs> so okay, okay. Maine. Uh, Maine is the most unknown state in the United States. It's People don't know anything about Maine. Maybe the Dakotas, but I would say Maine is the giant question mark in the United States. I agree. It's also beautiful. Have you been to Maine? Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. It's so gorgeous. My grandmother used to have a little tiny one-room cottage in Maine. My family sold it after she died, and I still regret it because it was such a beautiful place to go. Yeah, it really is. Um, I haven't been to Maine a lot, and I've been, and it's a small state. It's a cold state. There's only certain times a year I'd want to pop up in there, Uh, but it's, it's, it's just very beautiful. Yes, Acadia uh, National I, Park is so gorgeous that everybody who's anybody, if you live in New England or you're doing a road trip, this is a road mm-hmm. trip summer, let's face it. This is not a lot of people getting on planes this year. Go up to Acadia, go camp at Seawall, take a hike, see dark water hitting big trees. It's a beautiful experience. It really is. You know, it's a good time to do a staycation and learn America again, right? Yep. That's There's right. There's some beautiful places around. I went to, gosh, where I think it was in Portland, Maine, when I went to college in Massachusetts. And so I drove up there with my girlfriend at the time, and we were sitting at this long, beautiful bar. Big, big, beautiful trees in Maine. Big, beautiful wood bar. And she looked at me and then like looked down the bar and looked at me, and she's like, there's only three women here. And I said, yeah, that I yes, that is true. And she goes, and you're the only guy without a beard or a sweater. And I go, yeah, that's also true. And the truth was... I couldn't grow a beard, and I probably couldn't have afforded a sweater. So, <laughs> thank God I can dance. You know, um, that's what you got to do in Maine. It's either dance, grow a beard, or have a sweater. Absolutely, <laughs> have a good lobster. Go out there and catch it yourself. Heck yes. Uh, okay, Maine man saw his neighbor's garage in half amid boundary dispute. This was written by our best friend in the world, Ernie Clark, for the Bangor Daily News. So. In- <laughs> Dover, <laughs> in Dover, Foxcroft, Maine. Never heard of it. Sure, it's beautiful. A man cut his neighbor's garage in half with a sawzall, uh, but he was on friendly terms with the man who built the structure, just not with everybody who lived on the property after he died. So, okay, Gabriel, uh, Gra- Gabriel Braun used a land surveyor's demarcation between two lots as a guide to remove half of the building sitting on the land dispute uh, over a boundary line. And so we'll put this on our Instagram. This guy legitimately cut a garage completely in half on his property line. Also, for all of us who don't know what a Sawzall is, I looked it up. Basically, imagine a musket 
And then instead of a gun barrel, put a saw blade that goes forward and backwards super quick. It's not big. I thought it was like a uh, wow. like on a crane or something, a big piece of machinery. No, this guy hand cut this garage <laughs> in half. Okay, so um, I'll, I'll that's jump. An, that's extreme bananas. Yes, oh, yeah. this is, and also <laughs> weirdly legal maybe. Um, it's hard to say. So... Uh, when the in, father, I read this whole thing, it gets into the weeds about like the, the, the like where the boundary line is and everything like that. Um, yes, yeah, two professional extreme, yeah, e- extreme bananas. So they hired two surveyors to find this line of demarcation. Um, this gentleman, Steve Ritter, passed away, and when he was alive, it was a perfectly fine place to live. But as soon as the poor man, quote, as soon as the poor man passed away, this place turned into craziness and chaos. Uh, this one family, the Bronze, unsuccessfully tried to purchase the house after the gentleman died. And the proper, uh, property line dispute gained momentum in April when the Browns put down a load of wood chips. Classic passive aggressive. I'm, whenever I'm mad at somebody, if somebody eats my last Pop-Tart, I'm just putting wood chips all over their life. <laughs> I, I'm terrified. I am terrified now that I have neighbors of ever getting into a fight with a neighbor because it just seems yeah. like it would make your life so stressful all the yeah. time. So true. It can. So yeah, true. And over, you know, issues of trees or a noise or a dog barking for one minute out of the yes. day. I mean, yes. It, Anything. Yeah, it takes a lot of good negotiation skills to uh, if you have a issue with. Neighbor. I have a man who I have a man on my behind me, and I've purposely never said anything to him because I don't want to like escalate it. But at mm-hmm. one fifteen two a.m. regularly, he just starts screaming. And, and normal, he, as his, totally as normal. His windows open. It's right. It's like literally six feet from our bedroom, and he just starts screaming. And then I realize that he's watching soccer he's watching soccer <laughs> in a different country or like tape or what i don't even know what it is but i could oh, hear him like say right. goal uh and i was like oh, oh it's soccer he's watching at a like you know some different time where they're playing and it's been driving me bananas but anyway and i purposely at purpose we have not said anything because i don't want to get into a fight with a neighbor yeah, yeah no no i mean how long does the screaming go on for, though? I mean, you know, sometimes it helps, you know, to be able to it, it really if there's something going on, just go knock on the door. I mean, a know? soccer match is 90 minutes. So that's a that's <laughs> yeah, a whole a lot of screaming scream. going yeah. on. And honestly, it was only a problem when our air conditioning was broken because we had to have all our windows open. But now we sleep with the doors closed because we're having air conditioning. out, So it is not a problem anymore. But it was driving me crazy. Yes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, well, you know, bananas. I think goes in all kinds of extremes. You guys should have a meter, you know. For oh, bananas. that's, that's a right. Yeah, you know, that's and right. that was bananas. A banana, a bananator. A you need a bananator. Yeah. <laughs> the writer, actually, the the journalist of the story, uh, and the long story short is, they put this mulch pile out there. Uh, the son of the deceased man puts a stake in the ground where it is to claim it. The next day, this guy, Gabriel Braun, who works in construction, takes this sawzall. Again, just imagine a big turkey leg with a blade coming out of it <laughs> and skillfully cut down half of the garage on the family's property because they've been paying taxes on it for years. They wanted it back. So um, the Brauns have now 
it looks like that family moved away. I also would move away if somebody cut my garage in half. I would say, <laughs> oh, they're more into this than I am. Um, <laughs> uh, they're a little more dedicated to handsaw building in half. Um, yeah. And the bronze are installing a partial fence with cameras on either side. And then this is the quote. I think we're all alluding to this exact thing. Quote, we're putting up a fence. Fences make good neighbors. And that might be true. Oh. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's, uh, that's bananas or not. That You know, the more we talk, the more I'm sitting here going, was that bananas or not? No. So <laughs> yeah. what banana extreme we go to? Have you ever had a totally bonkers neighbor? Did you ever live next to anybody that had a very specific thing? Um, yes, I've had some neighbors before, like on Christmas Day, uh, get really upset about the music and come banging on the door telling you to stop. What? A neighbor that... Christmas wow. Day? The day everyone's yep. supposed to be nice to each other? Wow. Yep. <laughs> Um, I have had some funny neighbors. Uh, your kids uh, are out playing in the morning. I'm like, yeah, it's summertime, and that's what they do. Well, I don't wow. think they should be out playing bef- prior to 10 a.m. And, and I'm like, yeah, well, here's what I think. And I just slam the door in her face. I mean, these are my kids. Prior to, kids. Prior to 10 a.m., that is an entire life. You have a lifetime before 10 a.m. when you have kids. <laughs> You get. Yeah. I'm up at six a.m. By ten a.m., I'm ready for a nap. I can't. Kids are going out the door at seven a.m. <laughs> Absolutely. You know. I mean, honestly, if they're out there at ten at night screaming and stuff, I mean, I get it. But it's kids. It's summer. Um, and we uh, definitely a neighbor uh, banging on my neighbor's window at four thirty in the morning. They were leaving town. And they let the dog out, and the dog was barking, and mm-hmm. why the dog was out peeing and came back in. She literally, at 4.30 in the morning, came out of nowhere and was banging on their front window to shut your dog up. Oh, no. And, oh, like, scared everybody. So, yeah, we've had some neighbors We've had a that, few. Yeah. You've had a few. And, you know, I, I, I try not to get into it with them. The one with the kids that, you know, they can't come out before 10 in the morning. That was just to slam the door in your face. That's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and somehow, you know, everybody kind of went about their business. Yep. Good. I went, when yep. I was a freshman in college, it was my first week. And I think when you, when you go to – I went away. I, I was like, I want to go to a school where I will know zero people, so I have to make all new friends and grow up. And so that first week, I had an in-state roommate, and he went home that following weekend. And I went to a couple things. People always pitch college. Like when you see it in movies and TV shows, it's always like – Every day is a party and there's beer funnels and you're meeting people and you're hooking up and there's always somebody going off the roof of a frat wearing skis or something. It's always <laughs> yep. it's yep. a free for all. That what that's not the truth. Uh so it was like a slow week and I'd met my neighbors and the way my dorm worked was by room, it was co ed. It was guy girl by room. So I had met my next door neighbors a couple of times just saying hey in the morning and stuff like that. And it was a Friday night, my first week of school, didn't know a single person, 17 years old. And at like 1 a.m., there's a knock on my door and I open it and it's my next door neighbor named Colleen. And she's from Southie, Boston, and she's four foot eleven, and she's like a little rosy riveter, like a little red bandana around her head. She's, <laughs> and she goes, Scott, and I go, Hey, are you okay? She goes, Can I come in? And I say, 
sure, come on in. And she goes, I had a terrible night. And I go, oh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? She goes, I got too drunk at a party and nobody wanted to talk to me and I don't have any friends. So I go, oh, well, you can sit here. Like, it's totally fine. She goes, can I lay in your bed with you? And I go, uh, and I go, okay. So we're we're fully clothed, and but I'm uh, Aaron. You don't know this. I'm pretty. I'm six three, and Colleen is four eleven, and so it looked like uh, I was carrying a book bag uh, at waist height. And so she crawls up to my lofted bed, and she goes, "I'm so sorry about this." And I go, "Oh, it's okay." And she goes, "You're such a nice guy," and I'm just being nice. Also, I'm a kid. I'm seventeen, and I'm like just trying to figure out what's going on. So she goes. I'm just going to pass out in your bed if that's okay. <laughs> and I said, yeah. Call. And also she was saying like Qualine and Squatty. That's like how she would say it. So she's, she goes, can you spoon me? And I go, hey, uh, okay. Like, Are you and so, Yeah, I know. And so I'm laying there spooning a woman that I have only said hello to three times while walking to the dining hall who was came in crying. And I'm like, this is going to be fine. And she's like adorable. She was so nice. And like I felt for her. And then she goes, my boyfriend in Boston. And I was like, here we go. She goes, he's a street fighter. His name's Johnny Knuckles. He's coming to visit tomorrow. He'll be so mad if he finds out about this. No, 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 no. And I go, oh, really? Do you want to go to your room? And she goes, no, this feels good. Thank you, Squat. So Colleen sleeps in my bed. Uh, Again, this was 1 or 2 a.m. And the whole time I laid wide awake because I think a gangster from Boston named Johnny Knuckles is going to find out, walk over to my dorm that is six feet away from her door and punch me to death. So she sleeps through the night. I wake until 6 or 7 a.m. But she ends up. She ends up wetting the bed. She's so drunk. And so we kind of made a sweet little pact. She was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, just don't tell Johnny. I'll clean this up. Nobody ever has to know. She goes, thank you. And then she she flunked out by October. She just, school wasn't for her. But yeah, my best neighbor. I wish I could have built a little fence. But yeah, I was there for Colleen from Southie. And and ultimately, Johnny Knuckles uh, didn't kill me. That's why we have this podcast. (laughs) Do you ever look back having that, hearing that story and go, what were you thinking? Uh, Yeah, everything in me should have been like, let's get you to health services and put some water and electrolytes in you. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, it all happens. Sometimes life happens really fast and you just say yes to things. And it ultimately turned out kind of sweetly and beautifully. So I have no regrets about it. But yeah. And also, like, you you learned how to do an amazing Boston accent in the process. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, God, squatty. And I'm like, yes, okay. I, the, the Bostonian accents, I love. I went to college uh, with a, a room, not a roommate, he lived above us. Uh, <laughs> and he was from Boston. I, I could never talk to him because every time he'd come over, he'd like bang on the door. I wouldn't open it. He'd go, open the door. And I'm like, open I just, the I door. Can't. You know, it's so, I had the hardest time talking with him because the accent just gets to me. Oh, yeah. It's yes. like, what, well, you know? 
It's, it's uh, amazing. It's amazing. It's endearing. My, uh, it, is. it really is. My my uh, my roommate, my first roommate in college, uh, was a hardcore hardcore Republican. He would read all these Rush Limbaugh books, and he loved sure. to fall asleep to listening to Tracy Chapman. <laughs> Whoa! The weirdest. Whoa! The weirdest combination. He thr- he almost he almost beat me up. He like came close. He like held up his fist to go to punch me. Like it escalated really poorly between the two of us. Uh, and then I just remembered, like every night he would just put on, "You've got a fast car." <laughs> oh boy! What and I was just like, "What a people dummy. are filled of mul- multitudes. They are so think, many yeah, things at once." <laughs> they are just that, we're, we're, we're such an interesting species <laughs> oh we're insane <laughs> kurt you got one yeah. for us oh sorry aaron i jumped on you sorry about that no i i'm enjoying listening and, and just responding to <laughs> to the craziness you know i will never be the same after this podcast because every single day i will be searching for these stories oh, now good. On the going, what the hell yeah you should follow us on instagram because we post them every single day Okay, also, you to. you are so welcome to come back anytime you want. If you ever need a little pick me up and just want to make sure that you're not going nuts, that the world's nuts, <laughs> the door is open to hop on bananas whenever you want. Anytime you want, I'm, Aaron. I'm gonna probably be calling you every day, going, "Can you believe this?" <laughs> uh, so this is a story. This is kind of totally fast. I had no idea about this guy. This is from the Harvard Gazette. Uh, written by uh, Mara Cristina Caballero. Okay. Um, and this is, it's just about the mayor of Bogota, Colombia, Antanas Macus, um, mm-hmm. which is spelled mock us, which is great. He great name. was <laughs> a, he was like head of the, of the university in Colombia and then just retired and had never held a political office and just ran for mayor of Bogota, a very large city, and won. And then he just started doing all of this fascinating stuff, like making all this fascinating stuff that actually worked, that was like very like kind of lighthearted, but addressed real issues. Like there was uh, in Bogota, like the streets were incredibly chaotic and dangerous. People okay. were getting hit by cars and killed. It was a huge problem for the city. So he hired 420 mimes to control traffic. <laughs> and it... <laughs> And it worked. Like people, oh, no. oh. like listen, like listen to the mimes, uh, which oh was amazing. God. Then he launched a night for women and asked the city's men to stay home in the evening and care for the children. And seven hundred thousand women went out on the first of three nights that Marcus dedicated to them, which is pretty wow. cool. Oh my gosh! And. It, connecting it back to your book, Aaron, uh, when there was a water shortage in Bogota, Marcus appeared on TV taking a shower and turning off the water as he soaped, asking his fellow citizens to do the same. And in just two months, people were using 14% less water. Oh, my God. And then. Wow. Uh, and now in Bogota, water use is down 40% from before the so- shortage. 
And wow, he's such a cool dude. He also did this thing where he asked everyone if they he gave people these giant. He mailed out like a hundred thousand giant thumbs up and thumbs down signs, <laughs> and then you were allowed, and then you were allowed to just give people a thumbs up sign or a thumbs down sign on the street when you saw them doing something you liked or didn't like. <laughs> that is so funny. He then there also there was a really big problem with taxi drivers like uh, taking people for rides, you know, monetarily, not just rides in their car. Uh, And so he asked everybody to call in if they ever found a kind and honest taxi driver. And 150 people called, and uh, they, they, he organized a meeting with these 150 good taxi drivers and then asked them how to change the system. He made these good taxi drivers. They named – he called them the Knights of the Zebra, uh, sure. which was a club supported by the mayor's office. And now the taxis are way more fair in Bogota. Like everything is very theatrical. Everything is very – you know, and his quote is, which I love, is the distribution of knowledge is the key contemporary task. Knowledge empowers people. If people know the rules and are sensitized by art, humor, and creativity, they are much more likely to accept change. Which- hmm. Absolutely. That's exactly what I was just getting ready to say. I mean, nobody likes stuff shoved down their throat, yes. right? And then they mm-hmm. resist. But he has a way of, like, even making fun of himself or the yes. video in the shower that disarms people. And allows that moment for them to go, oh, we should be doing this or that. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's really great. And also, this was sent in actually by... And that's not so bananas. I know. It's no. not so bananas. It's very yeah. it's very heartening. And also, I, I have to do a shout out. There, This was sent in by a bananimal uh, whose name I lost. And so please... Uh, yell at me uh, uh, over DM, and I will we'll say your name three times on another episode. We're going to yeah. get you. You're going to be so famous. They'll be putting billboards up in your town. Uh, we That's are so we are, nice, isn't it? Nice. Um, yeah. We are an- nearing the end of the podcast, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you would like to um, to plug? Of course, obviously, your book, uh, Superman is not coming. Um, and it, well, yeah. You know, first of all, I've had fun. Thank you for having me. Like I said, you know, I mean, honestly, my whole life is bananas. And I think I've seen people (laughs) saying, what are you, crazy? Yeah, I am. And you know what? Maybe that's okay. Yes. Uh, The the idea and everything we've talked about, it's bananas. Uh, (laughs) How far you take bananas? I don't know. Uh, I guess that's up to you. And if you go to bananas, sometimes we have to be accountable for what we did when we got bananas. But some of these stories are so fun. I love the one out of Bogota about the water. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I think of a seal song, you know, sometimes everybody's got to get a little crazy, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of get some life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's right. I just, I, I believe in us. I always have. I'm looking forward to Superman's not coming, even though it's about a water crisis. I know it's daunting. I think we've forgotten to believe in ourselves. I think we've forgotten to believe that, you know, I can handle an issue without having to go, through all of this and yeah i may be a yep. little bananas but uh i love you and uh let's get this worked out and move on and so the stories have been enlightening and i meant it when i said it <laughs> i'm never going to be the same after this podcast <laughs> <laughs> probably calling you every other day oh, did you good. see this <laughs> please do and also aaron do you have a podcast coming up or coming out soon i do and it's superman's not coming and it is just stories of and you know what 
mostly moms. Uh, moms Good. are great, yeah. man. There's nothing like if you piss off a bunch of women or a mm-hmm. mom, you just better move aside because <laughs> they're right. going to do what they got to do. Moms and rock. sharing stories in a way, you know, because in so many environmental issues, you you, you don't want to believe it. Uh, we were like, no, someone else has got that. Life is death, you know, so bad enough. I don't want to think about not having water, but they're coming out. And just like, you know, we talk about people who just showed you what bananas is all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, howdy, you know, bana- mom's gone bananas. You better stand aside. I, oh, my God. They're going to come out and they're going to get something done. Oh, hell yeah. I so, love that story that. I think you told. I heard you tell it on on an interview about um, the moms who got organized, and then one of them was elected to city council and got the city to and, ban the use of ammonia in their drinking water. Hannibal, Hannibal, Missouri, absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I, everything. I'm not too surprised by bananas. I have found more bananas. <laughs> where you're like, you really get something done. Well, thank hey, you so man. much, Aaron. Hey, thank you. I'll be talking to you real soon. Like I said, I'm all like, right. Can you believe this? <laughs> all right. Keep it up. Thank you, Scotty. It was thank great. You, Bye, guys. Bananas. 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 This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Kehan Amadi. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. And you can share with us your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. So listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas.